Welcome to the Five Questions for a Field Service Expert podcast. This is the show for field service professionals where we dig into the big questions about field service delivery and management. Every episode, we ask a field service expert five questions that can help you do your job better. Well, today we're talking to Randy Mislovic, President, CEO, and Founder at RTM Consulting. RTM provides advisory services for technology companies and their service organizations, widely recognized in the industry as an expert in global resource management and author of the Just-In-Time Resourcing Brand of Solutions, Randy advises multinational companies on the complex challenge of operating services teams serving the global market. Now, before RTM, Randy spent about 18 years at IBM, and there he provided strategic and operational consulting to field services teams in the technology, industrial equipment, and the medical device industries. Randy has authored numerous white papers and is actually a frequent speaker uh, at field service uh, conferences. Randy, welcome. We're glad you're able to spend a few minutes with us today. It's very nice to be here, Dan. I appreciate the, the invitation. Very good. Well, we have we have five questions for you, Randy, as we do for all of our field service experts. Uh, are you ready to go ahead and jump in? I, I certainly am. Let's go. Excellent. Okay, first question for you. First time fix rate, mean time to repair, these are frequently tracked by field service orgs. We know that. How do you recommend, uh, as important as these metrics are, how do you recommend improving these metrics when there's a good deal of complexity inherent in those in those processes that they're tied to? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, most uh, FS organizations are, are tackling those two particular metrics as you you shared first time fix mean time repair and certainly a, a number of others and uh, you know we, we would advise folks to start with understanding the entire nature of the root cause of of underperformance that you might have in those areas relative to some predetermined estimate for repair performance right we all go into these things with a, a viewpoint of you know, what we expect the outcome to be you know, too often we see companies focusing on solving a problem in pieces, you know, parts or vehicle issues or focus on tech training or whatever it might be. And, you know, what we, we see is what we would call the whack-a-mole approach. You know, we knock one issue down and another issue pops up someplace else. So as, as, as most of us in, a, in this business know, field service performance is highly dependent on a series of interdependent processes which operate. At, at the level of the weakest link in the chain. So the way we you know, help organizations or would recommend or suggest you do that is just to focus on, on what we call service engineering. It's a, certainly a common term, and a lot of those service engineering functions exist in the uh, a company's performing field services today. We think it's a real solid solution um, to create a function whose sole purpose is to engineer a, a service to produce a certain outcome. Example, first-time fix. Um, no different than as a product engineer produces a product to perform a certain thing or a certain um, outcome uh, as a result of using that product. And once that service is designed, you should you know, test and pilot the service to see if the service is performed as designed, just as a product engineer would build the product, put it through its test mode, make sure the product's performing uh, as designed. And so you would be looking in your service in this case to see am I able to actually produce first-time fix rates in the neighborhood of what I was targeting it to be or uh, meantime repair rates uh, in the area that I was hoping to do that. It's really important to this whole process, by the way, too, to have good data. 
um, from a good integrated set of, of tools that are, are both your field service uh, service management tools, your mobile devices and things that are providing um, regular input on data so that you, you really are getting good real-time uh, feedback on how really are you doing on first-time fix and meantime to repair. That makes makes a ton of sense. I appreciate that very practical insight. Okay, so second question is is buzzword alert coming? Um, digital transformation and low hanging fruit are, are the are the buzzwords we're going to look out for here. So when you put those two things together, and, and it, when it comes to digital transformation, everyone's looking for sort of the quick win, the low hanging fruit. Is there that fast path to optimizing, say, labor and parts and vehicles, whether those are trucks or helicopters or whatever vehicle you need to get to the job? How, how do you think about um, the happy path to optimizing those 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 assets and those those expenses? Uh, you know, another great question, and it's one we get all the time. Um, and you know, organizations are uh, understandably anxious to get to the answer on how they optimize their field services processes. And so, you know, you can do a, a, a total bottoms-up approach to review, analyze data, following by uh, business transformation. Um, we also help organizations deploy a technique known in the, in the lean world or Six Sigma world as, as variability reduction, uh, sometimes known as short, in short as a VR. And um, what, what uh, variability reduction really is in, in a nutshell is utilizing, um, looking at you know, your mean performance. Um, so let's take first time fix as an example. Um, and that those uh, service operations are being done by uh, field services ops that are normally grouped in some way. They may be grouped by country or by region or, or by state or whatever, however you've decided to aggregate your, your tech services. But, but looking then at the performances of those various uh, groups and however you've decided to aggregate them and who are your best performers, who are your worst performers, wrapped around the mean performance for, for everyone else. And you learn a lot from the best performers and wonder, you know, why, what are they doing different to produce a better first-time fix rate than everybody else? And then taking what, what they're doing different and applying that to the rest of the, the audience. Um, the same thing's true with uh, variability reduction is looking at those that are underperforming. What is, what's wrong with, what's going wrong with those five or six groups that are underperforming, you know, the mean or the, or the, uh, the, the uh, high uh, performers in, in the group and learning from them. And uh, so by doing that, then as opposed to focusing on all of your processes and your whole environment, uh, variability reduction really gives you a chance to uh, focus down very narrowly on your outliers, the worst performers and the best performers, learning from the best performers and applying that to the group, learning what's going on with the low performers and applying those things that are um, would be helpful to them to look more like the uh, the people to the right and the mean. The whole idea is to move move the mean to the right and the overall performance of your operation to the right and and, and do this by the way in a continuous improvement uh, um, way. Let's shift gears for a minute and talk about dispatching. There, there's a lot of decision making. There's a lot of information prep that goes into the effective dispatching of, of technicians. Obviously, what what best practices would you recommend uh, to ensure the customer at the other end of the work order is going to get that uh, service and have their solutions uh, provided without undue delays, say, or, or friction in in the process? 
Yeah. So, you know, dispatching um, is really important because, uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, it's, it's usually the place where your customers reached out to you through some medium to say, hey, I've got a problem and I need it res- resolved. And so, um, you know, we think of dispatching as the, the glue that brings together your processes for parts, your, for, for labor, your techs, for your vehicles and how you use those. And, you know, dispatches, you know, the objective is to bring those things together so that when a, a break fix opportunity arises that we um, use dispatches as a glue that brings those various processes together to solve the problem the first time quickly uh, to the customer's satisfaction. So, you know, the way we recommend you get there is start by having a service design that ensures, you know, first that the, the tech is only sent when they're really needed. You know, today, remote solve is more than just a hot topic. It's a necessity to compete. And so we we uh, uh, suggest something we call our shift left strategy is, you know, moving your uh, break fix uh, incidents from on-site um, every time to hopefully doing more on call and more online, you know, uh, these could be, a, you know, simply a firmware update of your, of your product or an operator error that some uh, uh, help desk agent can help your customer through before we take up the time and energy uh, to dispatch a tech with a vehicle with a part that, uh, and it turns out that it's something we could have handled um, online. So service design is really, really important in that, you know, you're working with R&D to build that remote solve capability um, into your products and then every other link of the chain of, of service design to make sure that you, you never dispatch a tech until you really know that you have to have a tech to go on site. Um, you know, there's, again, field service is highly dependent on all these, these sub-processes for labor parts of vehicles and dispatches, the, the glue that really brings those things together to produce a, a target outcome for your customers. And, and uh, so we, we really encourage people to put a lot of emphasis on that early uh, uh, process of, of uh, uh, service design, thinking through all the, the uh, interdependencies that are our, how are you going to gather data along the way um, from from your texts, uh, from wherever the dispatch was contacted, and bring those together into a coherent, you know, not only communication, um, but uh, in a, a service uh, plan or resolution to solve that particular uh, incident. Um, mobile tools, by the way, uh, become really, really important to, to do this well because the timeliness of feedback and data becomes uh, really critical when you have those those tight SLAs um, uh, for uh, for break fix. Well, you obviously think a lot about the technician at RTM Consulting, as we do here at, at Mobile Reach. And I want to ask you about technicians uh, and, and how they track time, expenses, parts, et cetera. How, how are you seeing these components of a work order, specifically time, expenses, parts, et cetera, um, being more effectively managed by the, the leading, I guess, the, the, the more progressive field service organizations that you work with? Yeah. You know, it, it comes back to the comment I made in a prior question about you know, data collection is um, getting timely feedback on you know, where our, our assets are, how they're being used, how they're being deployed. Being deployed. So I, I'd start my answer to your, your question largely around this, the whole area of mobile devices, whether it's uh, smart uh, phones or specialized field services devices. I mean, those things are here. They're proving to be highly effective um, as more young people enter the workforce or more mobile 
friendly and, and uh, relative to their, you know, their use of those kinds of technologies. And so, you know, you, we, we think about, you know, enabling the workforce with the tools to communicate and disseminate uh, information in a timely way. And then you got to think about the back end, of course, is that you got to have a good field service uh, management uh, software as a catcher and processor of that data and ways to then integrate um, that data, because as you, you mentioned, Dan, in your, your opening comments on this question is a break fix ta uh, task includes, you know, some kind of text time and includes uh, expenses that may be incurred along the way, parts used, a vehicle that was used in the process, et cetera. So we're trying to gather uh, lots of different types of information that we want to aggregate, you know, relative to a particular incident um, that uh, we'd like to have data reported on. So we, we see too many companies that are burdened by legacy systems that came together by when it solved pieces of the service problem, um, but they did it in piece parts, and now it requires lots of heavy lifting to integrate that data um, into a complete picture. And um, we think you know, we've seen companies being reluctant to, over time to overhaul some of these back-end systems, but the return on investment of doing so is, is getting better and better by the day. And now with the, the rapid growth of, of mobile devices and, and the, the value of collecting more data directly from your tech field force is very compelling uh, to those organizations. It's going to do a lot to help them produce a better outcome for their customers. Uh, it, makes a t it makes a ton of sense. Uh, so, so last question for you. Let's let's focus on what makes the world go round here. What what are some of the innovative ways you're seeing field service managers or or field service execs more specifically maximize revenue? You know, there's the debate about field techs needing to become salespeople. I, I think that debate might be over. But is it true in your mind that that techs need to become salespeople? And how are uh, FSOs driving revenue in new in new and innovative ways? Yeah, uh, a terrific question, and it's probably one of my favorite of the, of the five that you've asked me so far. I I spent uh, I've been in the tech business for 40 years. I spent 10 of those years actually in sales roles, um, and um, so I have a a good appreciation for you know that side of the house. Um, and you know, as as mentioned earlier, I've spent some time in, in the field services business and, and other aspects of of uh, services entities um, as well. In those 40 years, I've you know always I've heard this the saying, and I still believe it's true: is everybody in the company needs to be selling. I don't think techs are are any exception to that. Um, you know, the the great news about being a field tech and the value of those field techs to your company uh, as a hardware provider are you know they have the inside track with the customers, and if a good tech builds credibility with the customers, they're in a wonderful position. Uh, to help your company um, uh, upsell and find new opportunities to help them solve their their problems. So, you know, it's it does then come down to the unique nature of the of the field service tech who you know generally don't come from a sales background, and uh, you know how do you take that FS team and help them max help you maximize revenue? And I I think it comes down to to two things. As one is is having clear definition of uh, service offers that lead with value for performance and making sure that the field techs are educated on what those service offers are, how they work, how to explain them in simple uh, to, to understand terms, and, and just get that behind you. That, you know, again, clear, concise service offers uh, for field services that a field tech can understand. By the way, it doesn't have to be limited to field services, just to be clear. 
Um, and then, and the second is, is, you know, one of the places we see field techs that tend to struggle more is in the area of soft skills. Again, it's just not generally where they're, they're trained. You know, if you started in sales, you'd get a lot of soft skills training and you'd be, you'd be taught that early on in your career. Um, but uh, these are things that anybody can be taught. And uh, so I'd focus on the soft skills of your techs and helping them understand their role in, in making sales, give them the training and tools they need to be able to carry you know, that torch for you, uh, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I just ask you to remember one really important thing is that it, it takes a lot more effort. And there's been a ton of studies around this. To, it takes a lot more effort to find a new client than it does to keep an existing client. And again, uh, field techs are right on the front line with your customers. And when something goes wrong with your hardware, they're they're one of the first faces of your customer to um, uh, to, you know, to your organization. And uh, how they deal with that's really really important. And uh, when they do that well, um, they become a trusted advisor in some ways to your customers. It gives them an opportunity to. Uh, look for new ways to help the customer uh, benefit from the products and services that your company might have to sell. Super, super sage advice. I appreciate the the comment, especially around um, you know the well-rounded technician, soft skills, and and all the rest. So, excellent insight, Randy Mislavik from RTM Consulting. I greatly appreciate your time today. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us to talk about your expertise in field service management. Yeah, you're very much welcome, Dan. Appreciate it. It was a wonderful dialogue and uh, look forward to speaking again sometime. You can learn more about Randy and his team's work at rtmconsulting.net. Thanks for listening to Five Questions for a Field Service Expert. For more expert views on field service, subscribe to the Mobile Reach blog at mobilereach.com.